Qualcomm makes most of its profits from licensing technology that is essential to modern cell phones. And it also sells chips that are used in those same cell phones. But in a new lawsuit, the Federal Trade Commission argues that Qualcomm violated the antitrust laws by offering rebates on licensing fees conditioned on Apple using its chips exclusively in iPhones. The FTC says this arrangement created de facto exclusive deals that prevented competitors from selling processors to Apple. Here to talk to us about the FTC's lawsuit is Bloomberg Intelligence senior litigation analyst Jennifer Ree. Jen, always very happy to have you here to explain something complicated like this <laughs> to us. And it is kind of a complicated arrangement that leads to this lawsuit. Why don't we start with you? Explain to us how it is that we ended up in a situation where the FTC is claiming that Qualcomm has an anti-competitive arrangement going on. Well, thank you for having me again. Um, now, the FTC has been investigating Qualcomm for a few years now, and sometimes those investigations get open because they are hearing complaints from the industry or they read something or hear something that they, they think something not proper is going on. And, and this is what's come out of that investigation. And, and, and to really make it simpler, it, it is complicated, but let's just make it simpler. Qualcomm has patents that go into standards that are needed for most of the most advanced mobile phones. A standard-setting organization decided on that standard knew that the standard incorporated Qualcomm intellectual property rights. And when that was decided, Qualcomm agreed, I will be part of this standard and I promise that I will fairly, reasonably, and in a non-discriminatory manner license anyone who needs this access to this IP for the standard for the mobile phone that's sold. And essentially, there's a, a litany of conduct that the FTC's laid out that they say is essentially they're not abiding by this promise. They're not fairly licensing the IP that companies have to have to incorporate the standard into, into the cell phone. And the, the Apple exclusivity is part of it. So the timing of this lawsuit, and we have been discussing Justice Department uh, settlements and lawsuits and different things happening um, as the Obama administration winds down. Is the timing suspect? Well, the timing is quite suspect because, you know, we're, this is in the Federal Trade Commission where you have commissioners who vote to bring an action. Right now, we're missing two. We have three out of a total five. And one is a Republican and two are Democrats. And one of those Democrats is leaving as of February 20th, which would have left two. You need a majority vote in order to bring a lawsuit like this. And the Republican dissented. She strongly disagreed with bringing this suit. So had they waited to fe until February 20th, they would have been a one-to-one -one vote and there would have been no lawsuit brought. So I, I think it looks a little bit like this was sort of a rush to get the suit in there while there was still a majority Democrat. Well, Okay, so, but now they have brought the suit. We have a situation where, you know, Qualcomm does a couple of different things, and it's making a business deal with Apple and saying, look, we'll license our stuff for you. In fact, we'll give you a good deal on that if you want to buy the other things from us, which on one level seems like perfectly reasonable business making. Why does the federal government think this violates the antitrust laws? You know, it's funny because this is a controversial area of the antitrust laws for sure, because exclusive agreements are often proper and not illegal. And, you know, you're looking at a situation where they're claiming, well, they're giving these great big huge rebates to Apple. And theoretically, this should translate into a lower price for consumers. And that's a good thing. So why would you want to blunt that? But what they're essentially saying here is that it's unfair because it's blocking access to this very important and large maker of mobile phones to competitors of Qualcomm. And it's just continuing Qualcomm. Qualcomm's dominance in, in basically the modem chipsets needed, which allows them then to charge higher costs to everybody else that needs this chipset. So now there's been a private lawsuit against Qualcomm as well. 
Is it the same as the FTCs or different? Why? Well, it's based on similar conduct allegations, but it actually has a, a, a very significant difference. The, the private lawsuit, as it needs to be, is based on the Sherman Act, which is the primary antitrust law. But the FTC's lawsuit is based on Section 5 of the FTC Act, which only the FTC has access to. Private plaintiffs can't bring a suit under Section 5, and that's a big difference because the Sherman Act allegations are more difficult to prove. They require a higher standard. Whereas under Section 5, there's a little bit, uh, it's a little broader. There's more discretion. It just prohibits unfair acts. Um, and it's another reason why Commissioner Olhausen dissented, because the Section 5 itself is controversial. And when they brought this under Section 5 and not the Sherman Act, it suggests, well, they didn't really have evidence supporting true monopolization or like, true price, well, the price fixing isn't part of it, but true monopolization conduct. Jen, we have about 30 seconds left, but is is this is all American litigation now we're talking about. Are there any investigations or charges outside the U.S. that Qualcomm is going to be facing about this? Yeah, Qualcomm has been fined by China and Korea. They're fighting that. They've uh, An order in Japan was issued, a cease and desist, and they're still being investigated by Taiwan and, and Europe. So there, there could be more coming. Thank you very much to Jennifer Ree, Bloomberg Intelligence Senior Litigation Analyst, for being with us here today on Bloomberg Law. And that's it for this edition of Bloomberg Law. We will be back tomorrow. Thanks to our technical director, Mark Siniscalci, and our producer, David Sutcherman. You can find more legal news at BloombergLaw.com and BloombergBNA.com, plus an invaluable website for the legal community at BigLawBusiness.com.